The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives to provide balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Axel Rose and Slash of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is advocating for heads of Amazon but lost out. Josh, how are you doing this evening? Hello. Hi. I'm doing okay. I am very tired and experiencing daylight savings time on a parenting schedule is exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, I have to imagine that, you know, children in general don't really care what the clock says. (laughs) They just know how they feel and it's time to wake up. Oh, and he was terrible today and (laughs) I trying to deal with him. Moved him to the kitchen so I could keep him in his chair so he can't mm-hmm. cause and wreak havoc. And he was saying he wants chicken. So I said, okay. I looked at the clock. I said, all right, great. 5.30. Perfect time. Cook some dinner. Actually, it was like 5 o'clock. He eats his chicken. And I'm like, you haven't been great. You've been awful today, so you're going to bed early. So you can go play for half an hour. Then we're going to bed, getting ready for bed. And then I come into the living room to realize I didn't set the clocks back an hour in my kitchen. I gave him dinner at four o'clock and I still had (laughs) the rest of my evening ahead of me, uh, which made me want to cry. (laughs) And I was like, what do I do now? (laughs) Well, I give in and I don't (laughs) be as (laughs) strict on him and let him relax because now dad needs to relax. (laughs) I know it's only an hour, but sometimes that hour feels like a lot longer. No, I under- I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine that for sure. Yeah, you know, obviously I'm not saying that pets and kids are the same. But at what is an hour earlier, well, it would have been my dog's usual dinner time. But now it is, you know, an hour earlier than that. My dogs came to me to go to the bathroom like they always do. So I let them outside and I let them in. And then they looked at me and looked at their food, where their food is, and looked at me and looked at where their food is. <laughs> and I'm having the co- and I'm talking to my dogs, and I'm like, "Dudes, it's not time yet. You still have an hour before dinner. You just need to be patient. You know, it's gonna be fine. You're still gonna get food." Yeah. And they just are looking at me like, "What the heck, you idiot! It is not an hour to dinner. It is our time to eat. Yeah, right now." And they were right. I mean, by Without daylight savings time, ending, starting, whatever one it is. I never can remember. <laughs> uh, it was there, supposed to be their dinner time, but I made them wait. I only made them wait 40 minutes because I figured that kind of split the difference. Yeah. And then we can kind of get them to when their normal breakfast will be tomorrow. So, yeah. Even my dogs were like, nope, it's time. Let's go. Dinner time. Yep. No, we had a dog before a kid. And I can tell you, having a dog is great training for having a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story about the one time? I realized that I could never have kids because my dogs, like I couldn't even handle taking care of my dogs. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. So one time 
Uh, I was home by myself, and I don't remember what Erica was out doing, or if she was gone for a, she might have been at a conference or something. So I was like home for multiple days by myself, and I had made myself dinner one night, and I was sitting down to eat dinner, and both the dogs were there. We were just hanging out, and. I'm eating my dinner, which was just a grilled chicken Caesar salad. That's all it was. It wasn't anything super fancy. I just had this bowl that I had made a grilled chicken Caesar salad in. Whatever. My one dog is just being a pain in the butt during all of this. I'm like, what the heck is your problem? So finally, I was like, fine. If you want to go outside or whatever it was, I'll let you do that. So I went and took her outside or went and let her out. And when I came back, the other dog that was eating my salad out of my salad bowl. <laughs> Because I put it down on the on the coffee table because I was watching TV while I was eating dinner because you know I was by myself, and then my other dog was eating my salad. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, my stupid dogs can outsmart me. I can never have kids. Like it's just never gonna happen. If my dogs are smart enough to figure out this plan, I am hosed. So kids will do that too. Don't worry. It's not just you'd be fine. <laughs> um, how was Halloween for you all? It was uneventful. We had colds, so we didn't want to. Our plan was to go to my brother's um, because they live in like a cul-de-sac and they just had like their little tiny trick-or-treating circle. We figured it's a little safer. Everyone would be wearing masks anyways. Um, But we don't want to pile on colds onto other people that uh, Mm -hmm. uh, because they were going to cook dinner and we just kind of kind of hang out too. So, Um, yeah, so we stayed at home and... We did a little trick-or-treat scavenger hunt. I ran to Target. I got some candy. I got some Hot Wheels and a book and kind of hit him around the house, put him in his costume, and then uh, let him let him hunt for yes, I try. I'm like telling a, a three-year-old, normally this isn't what we would do for Halloween. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. What are you saying to me? <laughs> I'm never going to remember this. Um so yeah, I mean he had fun, you know. He, he gets toys, so he's happy. He get candy. He doesn't eat candy. Uh, his choice. We've tried to give him candy. He just doesn't eat it. Um, so that's a win, kind of. <laughs> so you got yourself candy, is what you're saying? Yeah, I got these awful white chocolate and dark chocolate Kit Kats. So we're just eating the regular Kit Kats that came in the package. <laughs> What's wrong with dark chocolate Kit Kats? Uh, my wife likes it. It's just too too bitter for me. Says the person who likes beer. Yeah, that's totally different from dark chocolate. <laughs> no, but they're bitter. They're both bitter. It's okay. You like bitter beers. So you like everything that's sweet? Everything? I, I, no, I'm talking, about, <laughs> I'm talking about dark chocolate and beer here. Yeah, I'm talking, I'm about, talking about all those other dark things. Dark chocolate Kit Kats, they're not comparable to beer <laughs> at I'm all. Just saying, it, it is, <laughs> and but no is planet flavor. is that comparable. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you like bitter beer, I must like dark chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> I don't think it's a wild it's jump a, of it's logic. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> How about your Halloween? Uh, so we had far, far more kids than I anticipated who came trick or treating. Like not even close to what I was anticipating. I thought we were going to have very, very few because in our area, most of the people that I know who have kids, when I talk to them about what they were doing. Almost none of them said they were going trick-or-treating. Mm. Everyone was doing a Halloween-themed party at their house for their kids or doing some other little thing like you did where they were doing some stuff around the house, but still celebrating the holiday, but had no plans to go to door-to-door trick-or-treating. So that's kind of what I thought was mostly going to happen. Yeah. So we did buy quite as much candy as we usually do, and we ran out of candy, Josh. Wow. That doesn't make Before... me feel good, Kyle. 
before the time so our in where i live we have set trick-or-treating hours that you can only trick-or-treat yeah based off the hours determined by the city which was new to me when i moved to iowa but whatever it's fine it actually is kind of convenient because i know when i have to be actually observant for trick-or-treaters um it's just weird when it's not on halloween that's the time that's weird but anyway since halloween was on a saturday it was on saturday night and trick-or-treating was scheduled for 5 to 7 30 and we were out of candy by 10 to 7 oh yeah so we we were super short um and we didn't open the door like we just had a bowl sitting out and had some erica wrote a nice little like funny poem and drew some stuff and made it all cute and awesome and I don't genuinely think because at no point when I went out there was just all of the candy gone. Yeah. Because I was just checking it periodically and going and refilling it. So I don't think that anyone just took and dumped like the entire thing. And we weren't putting a ton in there at a time either. But I had to refill it like every 15 minutes or 20 minutes or something like that. I had to put oh. more candy in it. And yeah, like we just ran out. So clearly no one in my neighborhood cared or in my area cared. Part of me thinks, though, that we get a lot of trick-or-treaters who don't live in our area, which is fine, just because, again, I'm fortunate to live in an area that is new construction. So I think a lot of people just come and trick-or-treat in our neighborhood, expecting maybe better candy than what we provide (laughs) them. But my neighbor, like, we have the small, like, we have by far the smallest house on our block. So I think that maybe other people on the block might give way better candy than we do. (laughs) But, yeah, our... Our candy was just regular candy. Uh, But yeah, we ran out. So, you know, about 10 to 7, I shut the lights off and and called it good. Crazy. Yeah, we our our, uh, city canceled Halloween, so we would have had our brothers about 30 minutes away. So we'd have had to drive four or five towns over to do trick-or-treating if we were going to go do it. Yeah, they canceled the community-sponsored or the city-sponsored activities for Halloween. Yeah. But not door-to-door trick-or-treating. Which I just found very odd. <laughs> They're like, it's you, not in our hands. If you guys get sick, right, that you it's on you. All of the other things <laughs> that would bring people together. Yeah. But no, let's just have them walk all over the town and talk to each other. <laughs> when you know you open the door and theoretically the person is supposed to say something right to your face. Yeah. <laughs> like without spitting on you. Right. So, <laughs> but whatever. You know, I I am though glad. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, the results of this, if anything. Negative habit, but it's been a really weird year. So if in general things were done safely and stuff, I, I'm glad that there was some sense of normalcy for the kids at least. Yeah, we'll we'll check in in two weeks on cases, but if there's going to be an election in between then, so who knows if it's even going to matter at that point? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> so yeah, by the time yeah, this comes out on election day, so make sure you're going out to vote if you're listening to this on election day. If you haven't voted already, vote. Uh, make sure you are. You know, exercising that civil liberty that you have. Yes. That's important. Vote. So make sure you are doing that. But that's been a lot of random stuff to talk about. Josh, you want to get into the show? I mean, we probably should. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any questions, feedback, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of playing some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Josh, kick us off. What is your first topic this week? Okay. Well, we have 
a well-beloved, I think that's fair to say, board game series that's getting... I wrote a fresh coat of paint, but really that doesn't really describe what is going on here. Um, right. Fantasy Flight Games is reimagining Descent, uh, which, if you don't know, is a dungeon crawler uh board game where someone plays uh, as a bad guy it's or like I, don't know, I guess maybe you could call them the dungeon master kind of like in the literal sense um it's a dungeon crawl where someone controls the monsters and the other players control the explorers uh there's been a bunch of different versions and expansions and all that now we have this new one it's called legends of the dark and it is a full-fledged, um, separate standalone game from um, the Descent series. It is an app-driven dungeon crawler. So if you want to compare it to something, it's like taking, I think it's kind of like taking Gloomhaven and, and having a baby with Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, or even Lord of the Rings. Um, and essentially what is happening in this game is... Um, someone usually plays, thank you. Here's the, the terminology I was looking for overlord, not dungeon master. Um, and that's becoming an AI or a computer character, so to speak, that will control, um, not only just the bad guys, but it, the app that it comes with also shows you the map that you're playing on. Um, it also goes over things like, um, it'll guide you through your adventures. Uh, it's going to control the monsters. It's going to let you interact with objects in the world. It's going to let you um, level up your characters on the app itself. Um, and basically, the app is going to do all the heavy lifting, uh, although the box looks humongous. So I'm curious. Um, I think you're also going to get map pieces in the box if you, you know, so you can actually play physically in front of you. Actually, yes, you are. Um, so it's going to come with 46 pieces of three-dimensional terrain, uh, 40 plastic miniatures, um, cards, tokens, dice, and other materials. The game is intended for one to four players. Now, before I, I want to get into a little bit more detail on the game, but I, I think I want to ask you first, have you played Descent? And if so, do you know which version and which experience? I have never played Descent. Okay, cool. I've always wanted to, but I've never played it. Uh, I think I've played Descent Second Edition once, um, but I might be confusing it with a different, similar style game. So I can't be 100% certain, and it was a long time ago. Um, so th that being said, the base game in app supports the complete 16-part uh, Blood and Flame campaign, which represents the first act of a planned three-story act with future expansions coming later now that being said they say scenarios will take up to will take two to three hours of play now it's unclear if there's 16 scenarios or if there's multiple scenarios in a part because it says 16 part blood and flame campaign so there's the potential that each part is two to three hours each yeah, I read that as each of the sixteen um, acts or or each is of a the scenario. Sixteen, yeah, 
Okay. The 16 part is there are 16 scenarios in the campaign. Okay. So, so each of those will take two to three hours. Two to three hours. So 360 hours or more, right? Two hours, no. two times 16. 30, 32. 32 to 39 hours. Oh, I add a zero. <laughs> I don't know. You were on the right path. Though. Oh, boy. Okay. 32 to 39 hours. I'm just going to use uh, being tired as an excuse, but it's not. Um, <laughs> uh, that being said, that's that's a good chunk of change. It's about ch- chunk of time. That's like a triple A uh, uh, video game, right? Right? Yep. So sure. part first act of three is going to run you $174.95 for a game. Now, my question well, let me tell you my worry mm-hmm. <laughs> first. There's a few worries. Obviously, the price is, is a big worry, but um, even before the price, I'm really worried about more app-driven games right? because of app support. And with every new – when I look at old games behind me that are years old that I haven't played or might want to replay, you – I. I I have to be cognizant of the fact that new phones come out every year. And Fantasy Flight games can't just afford to keep updating apps that maybe aren't um, getting money for them. Or they have to stop supporting other things so they can support new things. So that's my big struggle is... First off is the app-driven thing, right? But the 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 hurdle, the hurdle next to it is a little higher. I think uh, one hundred seventy-four dollars for part one of three. We have no clue if they're intending on making the second or third acts just as big, um, or if it's going to be like a smaller expansion, like your Lord of the Rings. But even that expansion is expensive. So I just I don't. I want to want this game. <laughs> so how does this information, what do you think? What's your take on this game and does it interest you at all? So when I was first reading about this game, I was very interested because there are many similarities here to Lord of the Rings, Adventures of Middle-Earth, which I've been playing, which is amazing. That game is so good. The app integration is excellent. A lot of the things they talk about here with the board being laid out in front of you and you kind of learning as you go. And it, depending when you explore, you add new pieces as te- designated by the app and it tells you where to put things, all of that good stuff. All of that interaction works really well in the app for the Lord of the Rings. All of the tracking of stats, levels of your character, cards that you have in your individual deck is all tracked by the app. That's all taken care of for you. So that stuff, all super great in reading all of this. I was thinking that this might actually be the way that I could convince my partner to potentially explore Descent because we've had such a great experience with Lord of the Rings, a theme she really likes and and has read all the books and is very knowledgeable about. And since that has gone so well, I was thinking that, hey, I've always wanted to play Descent or a Descent game. Maybe this is the way that I can help make that happen because we have all this experience. Like you said, the box is huge. Uh, the box for Lord of the Rings is really big as well. 
uh, yeah. and the stuff takes up maybe a third of the box. <laughs> in Lord of the Rings, granted, there's many, many more. Well, I don't know if there's I don't many, know. many this more box miniatures. This box looks a lot bigger than, what come with, than what's included. Yeah, there, and there's definitely more <laughs> miniatures in this box than there are in Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings has a, has a decent number of enemy miniatures in the box as well. Yeah. But with all that being said, Josh, then I got to the price. <laughs> and we're a broken record on this podcast sometimes, I, I feel like, when it comes to the price of board games. Yes. That sometimes board games are just getting far too expensive. And I immediately then began to, began to wonder about this game because I was looking very briefly uh, online while you were talking because I wanted to kind of check out what the general thought on the internet was about this game so mm. far. Uh, this game, Descent Legends of the Dark, which doesn't release until quarter two of 2021, currently has a 2.7 out of 10 rating on Board Game Geek. <laughs> Yeah. So that will tell you what people's initial reaction to this game is. Yep, that's true. And if this game was doing some additional things in the app, potentially, maybe it was actually tracking the location of my character, for instance, because in Lord of the Rings, it doesn't do that. If it was doing handling dice rolls and all these other things and handling, which in Lord of the Rings wouldn't work because you do it all out of your deck, so it wouldn't be the same. But I'm assuming this game has dice rolls since it's a dungeon crawler. If it handled all that, maybe I would feel a bit better about it. But then I'm paying $175 for an app. Granted, I get a little a lot of stuff in the box. It's, Fantasy Flight has never really shied away from how much, how much stuff is in the box. So that doesn't... Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought this game was going to be expensive when we were going through this. I was thinking maybe $120, $125 maybe. But yeah. $175. And then you, you raise excellent points. This is part one of three. So are part two of three and three of three also going to be $175? Is all of the stuff that I did in the first going to carry over to the second or not? Yeah. Is it going to be a totally separate campaign because they can't afford to have people <laughs> jumping into two um, and having a lot of stuff carry over because then people will never buy two? What happens if this game, because of the price, people just don't adopt? So then I spent $175, but I never get parts two or three? Mm, that's right. There, That's a great question. A great point. There's just so many unknowns about this that I think this is a huge risk from Fantasy Flight. And, and this isn't even the super fancy edition, Josh. This is the this is <laughs> the minimum price you have to pay to get into the game. Yeah. Granted, we've had some very expensive games in the past. Kingdom Death Monster comes to mind. Sure. Super expensive to get into. People absolutely love and adore it. A game you'll always be able to play because there's no True, app. It's not app driven for sure. <laughs> So maybe we're just being overdramatic. Maybe it's going to be totally fine. Uh, Board Game Geek seems to be coming out uh, with a lot of people. <laughs> the first post in the forum for it and the post that has definitely the most comments, the title of the post is just, it's $175, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm in, I am now more intrigued to watch this from afar. Yeah. And maybe, you know, if this comes out Q2 2021, like it says, Maybe that'll be a good Black Friday deal for it. A good mm. holiday price potentially <laughs> later in the year. Yeah. And then I might consider jumping in. But there is absolutely I'm buying, no way that I am buying this day one. Uh, what would it take you, Josh? Any way you're getting this game? Because I know you've just made some commitments for some Kickstarters. <laughs> so will you squirrel away all your Kickstarter money for the first half of the year maybe and going on this instead? No, I don't think so. Um, the app, So while I'm being critical and, and cautious about the app, App, an app-driven game would be beneficial to Ashley and I 
because it essentially gives us a third person, which makes games right. more, uh, I don't know the right word, uh, gives us more options to play bigger games like this, but we just don't have a consistent night that we're free to play games. So that, that would be the, the big thing, right? If she was like, I want to play a dungeon crawler, I'd be like, cool. I, realistically, though, I would probably push for Lord of the Rings between the two, like, because that's a, something she can, like, watch and grasp the story of and then get into it instead of get, trying to get her into, like, a pure dungeon crawl game, which is just not mm-hmm. her, like, style of, of stuff. Um, if it... <sighs> Yeah. If it was a hundred bucks, I probably would get it just right. with the hopes to play it. Um, but this is I mean, almost double that price. No, you know, I, it's way far out of reach. <laughs> yeah. Way far I, out of reach. <laughs> here's my question for you then. Fantasy Flight, not a company that has traditionally done Kickstarters. Mm. There definitely have been a company who usually... I don't want to say if they just have the money so they can do it or if they're just that confident in their product but they put out products to market that tend to be pretty expensive this one i think more so than most of theirs do you think this would have been a better idea for them to try to kickstart this to see the interest before they make this decision because whoo for an msrp this is a (laughs) not many games come out at this level of being the minimum level for entry especially without going to kickstarter yeah, I mean the fact that you mentioned like in the th- like that you brought up like there's they're coming out the gate hot saying this is part one of three, right? That is interesting to me that they wouldn't do that over Kickstarter first to to gauge interest, right? Like this is, I mean, I guess on the other hand, right, this is one of their flagship games, so yeah. they they might have like this confidence in it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's unwarranted at this point because <laughs> this is. Uh, I don't know if I know. I know Descent is big for fantasy flight games, but I don't know that that is what they're associated with now. Now I think it's more Star Wars. I I would agree there. So I, th- this I don't know. This could be a pretty big gamble for them. So if they said one hundred seventy five dollars. But each of the next two story arcs, everything you need to play those is included in this box, and it'll be $15 to purchase an app upgrade for each of those next two story arcs. And they're coming, the next one is in 2022, the fall and after that will be in 2023. Yeah. So all in, it's a little over $200, but it's 175 bucks, and then just a couple app upgrades down the line for the rest of it. Would you be more interested in the game at that point? Uh, I mean, it's a little more appealing, but then you know, people are going to want more pieces and components too. Right. Yeah. Um, I also don't understand why these companies can't get these, put these apps on Steam so I can always have it. True. Like, put it on Steam. I know I'll always own it. You can't, you can't take that away from me, even if it's an old, like, not updated uh, scenario that has bugs. At least I could still play it. Right. Like, I don't I understand a- why they don't put it on Steam. Yeah, and for something like this, you figure, you know, push game to shove, worst case scenario, have an inexpensive laptop that you can have sitting on the table. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, that you can play it. Yeah. Even a tablet. I mean, tablets right. run apps too, but but if right. you have Steam, you always know that you can have, like, or just Steam, Epic, whatever. I don't care. But I'm not trying to <laughs> wage a, a war over that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just wish there was some more clarity on how this whole three-story arc is going to work. Because, you know, the whole future expansion is planned to support the later acts. But like you said, how much am I having to commit here? Because I'm, I'm committing $175 now. How much am I committing in the future to be able to finish this game? Yeah. Yep, I agree. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we are a little bit a ways away, so who knows? But we are. Maybe we'll get more information. But you can pre-order it right now. You can pre-order it right now if you get if you want to read this article. It's on ICV two. It's by William Niebling. Uh, um, so thank you for William for letting us borrow your words uh, <laughs> to get some noise out for this game. I don't know. We'll see. I'm gonna keep my eyes on it, but they could still drop the price. <laughs> They could. They could still drop the price. I don't anticipate that no, happening. That but <laughs> awesome. Anything else you want to say then about uh, Descent? Uh, no. I mean, it's probably a game that if I ever see regular one of the regular base versions on clearance, I would I would totally buy it. It's definitely a game I'm interested in, but just, you know, this is the evolution. I hear you. All right, so my first story, also staying in the board game world, talking about one of our favorite companies, that is Hasbro. And you may remember back in the, uh, a couple months ago, we talked about how Hasbro's uh, total gaming sales were down in quarter two by 19%. So pretty significantly, a pretty significant downturn in quarter two for Hasbro. That was at the time when uh, a lot of stores were closed. It, it was, there was this weird transition in uh, how you were going to get your gaming products, uh, magic, you know, traditionally sold at your friendly local game store, which might as well just be called your friendly local magic store, because without magic, those stores probably wouldn't stay in business very well. Um, but a lot of, you know, how is this going to work? Well, apparently we have all figured it out because big gains in Hasbro Gaming in quarter three. This is from Milton Gripe over on ICV2 as well. The story go- says, quote, sales in Hasbro's total gaming category, including both in its Hasbro gaming brand portfolio and the game and the games in its franchise brands portfolio which are magic the gathering and monopoly we're up 21 percent to 543 million in q3 from 449 million in q3 2019 the company announced with its earnings report this week hasbro's gaming category sales in the first three quarters of 2020 were up 11 percent despite a big decline in quarter two so while we were talking about the whole, man, rough quarter two for them, so far over the year, that quarter two has not held them back too much. Not surprising, Magic the Gathering sales were strong in quarter three, Hasbro CEO Brian Goldner said in the conference call with Double Masters and Zendikar Rising called out as the big products in the period. Magic the Gathering sales are up, quote, double digits for the year. So Josh, Hasbro making some big money thoughts at all on Hasbro's success this year uh good for them i don't remember if we were how we thought they would turn but i think we kind of we kind of just referenced covid and how it was but um it's nice to see them get a turnaround uh it's nice to see D making money being popular still again and continuing uh magic i don't think there was ever a doubt like that's just seems to be the unfailable uh product so that they're, they're good behind that which is nice as well. Um, but still, I'm curious to see where we go into Q4. Because the world's changing yeah. still. <laughs> the world is changing still. So they did give uh, some few initial notes that Hasbro's game sales in Q4 are off to a great start with POS for the category in October up 17.9% so far. Mm. 
and significant product releases still in the pipeline, including Zendikar Rising Gift Bundle and Commander Legends. Commander, uh, if you are following at all, this Commander Legends set that they're doing is kind of some big news, and one of the sale, one of the cards they have that is part of it uh, is causing some significant controversy. Look at that. Shocker. Josh. Another... <laughs> You know, controversy with Magic and the cards that they're releasing. Uh, they have a card called Jeweled Lotus mm-hmm. that they're printing. Um, Jeweled Lotus is basically like Black Lotus, which is one of the most expensive cards that exist today. Hasn't been printed in a while. Is on the reserve list saying that they would never reprint it. Uh, so Jeweled Lotus is basically that same card, except you can only use it for casting your commander. So that's kind of how they're getting around it in that basically because it adds three color, three mana of any one color to your mana pool and it costs nothing. So it'll be banned shortly. Well, (laughs) and it's not legal in any other, like for this card, Jeweled Lotus won't be legal in any format other than Commander. But Black Lotus uh, is, I think in some of the legacy formats, vintage, I think potentially you're allowed to have one copy maybe. Um, But, you know, card cost zero. Allows you to get three mana plus the one that you play on your turn. So suddenly you have four mana on turn one. And those legacy formats pretty broken. And you can li- literally win the game on turn one with that card. So, you know, this card already is pre-ordering itself uh, for almost $200. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so from secondhand sellers. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. That's not <laughs> the point of all of this. Uh, just to say that Magic is going very well for them. Interestingly enough, though, their overall revenue for the company was down 4%. So Hasbro Gaming really is carrying Hasbro right now. Uh, and a lot of the focus as to why the company is not doing that successful is just because Marvel Comics is down. Like, there's not movies and TV as much coming out right now. Everything is transitioning to streaming services as far as television goes. So a lot of those toys and things like that th- that they have associated with movies are for movies that just haven't come out so they aren't selling those things right now so overall they are down uh so actually after this conference call which was so glowing for Hasbro gaming uh their stock prices actually fell nine percent <laughs> so you know no big deal there but here's my other question for you josh or the big thing that was kind of buried in all this that hasbro is now going to be working on more television mm-hmm. so they're Working on D&D for television um, based off of the success of their Transformers War for Cybertron that they did last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a result, they're going to do some D&D for TV. And something that they're just working on more is trying to get more of their properties associated with TV. Stream, mostly just streaming services, really, when we say TV. So that's kind of what the, the goal is. What are your thoughts on that? Do you want to see D&D as a television series? Kind of is that something you think that will help Dungeons and Dragons? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, I think so. I mean, I think it's sorely missing or missed, especially with like Game of Thrones not being on TV. Right. Um, there was a D and D cartoon a long time ago. I think th- like what they need to do is they need to have two different D and D shows. So they have to have a kids one, like a cartoon, and then they have to have a live action one for. Their main audience, 20-somethings to plus. <laughs> um, uh, they need to have something like that, too, because you have to get the new audience and keep the current audience. And and the, I feel like the kids show, easy to do, so to speak. Uh, light content, nothing crazy. Live action series or even CG animated for adults. That's the more challenging part. 
where do they go? What what's it rated? You know, things like that. They really need to focus on on good writing and content, not just because it's D and D. Like it actually has to be a fully fledged. Um, like there's a Dan Herman does a did a podcast called Harmon Quest where he ended up meeting his eventual assistant um, um, Spencer Crittenden and he started going on Harmon Quest the podcast and running D&D with them and it got so popular on the podcast that they made it into a show which was mm-hmm. only on Verve like <laughs> so no one can see it um, and they did three seasons of Harmon Quest and what it was was um, Jeff Davis from Whose Line Is It Anyway, um, Spencer being the dungeon master, Dan Harmon, um, his ex-wife Erin McGathy, and then a celebrity guest like Kumail or Abby Plaza would come on and they would play a one-off character, but they would animate everything. So they would play their D&D in front of a live audience and then send it out to get animated and then put out the show as them playing D&D and then animating mm-hmm the crazy stuff that they're talking about doing. And it was always fun because like almost always the celebrity guests would get killed or what they would have like free reign to mess with the, the adventures and however way they wanted to do it. I think like the first episode's free on YouTube. If anyone is curious, um, I really recommend it. Like that would be something like critical role. Imagine like HBO buying critical role. I don't think they could afford them at this point, right? They make so much money, but uh, well, but Critical Role is coming, isn't it? To Amazon as a t- as an animated show, is it? So that's yeah. that's perfect. Like that's what you need for the D and D thing, right? Because you have this established group, and and even with Critical Role, they're all voice actors, so right. they're putting more into it um, uh, than your normal D and D group. So. I mean that's really what you have to lean on. What the what yeah. what the D and D like players want to see? Because that was going to be my follow up question to you: is that with Critical Role, like I said, I think it's Amazon. They have a, a animated show, and but is that the direction you think is better for them to go, or do you think with how popular just Critical Role has become and how many live stream Dungeons and Dragons games you can watch on Twitch right now? So many different groups are doing it. And so many groups are doing it very well. Do you think it'd be is it possible to just do a straight up hour long ten episode watch people play Dungeons and Dragons show that is on Netflix? I mean, if you want a wider audience, you want the live action Game of Thrones mm-hmm. show. If you like, because you're trying to get more people in, I think that there's still that stigma of Dungeons and Dragons. Even Critical Role can't surpass that. I don't think that wall. But yeah, it's two seasons on Amazon Prime, twenty four episodes. Oh, is it on available now? No, that's that's oh, okay. went through their their Kickstarter. Gotcha. Okay. So essentially, I guess they must ink the deal with Amazon. Like, if the Kickstarter was successful, that they would run. Okay, yeah. So the Kickstarter they funded enough for ten episodes, um, and then uh, it became the most successful project in Kickstarter history. And then Amazon <laughs> ordered fourteen more episodes. For a total of 24, it'll be an adult animated comedy taking place in the Critical Role universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, you're going to need to be familiar with Critical Role to understand the show, which alienates a chunk of new D&D people. 
Not saying it's bad. Think, it's just not. Right. It's just not accessible to someone who isn't familiar with Critical Role. Do you think that will include the games that Critical Role is now going to be publishing as a board game publisher? I don't know what they're going to do with it. <laughs> uh, I mean, good for them, right? Like they just basically they're, they're very, made they're, their own paychecks. They're so successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, if only they could have kept um, that network alive. Yeah. Uh, geek, well, was, was it just Geek, geek and Sundry? Sun- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if only. If, if only. only. So, okay, so my final question before we kind of wrap this up is in the pantheon of shows we're supposedly getting kind of in this genre, if you would, this high fantasy genre, we have supposedly the, well, not supposedly, there's the Game of Thrones prequel that is going on that is being done at HBO. There is the Lord of the Rings TV show that I think is at Amazon. There is a Wheel of Time show in production that I don't remember where has that. Okay. I'll find out. Where? What do you think? D and D in all of this is that this an uphill battle for them? Do you think this is they have something that people are going to the general population, the general audience? Like, what is it going to take for them to to get people to tune into a D and D show? Wheel of Time is Amazon also. Okay. Um, well, I think the catch is you don't want them to know it's D and D. That's oh. how you get people to watch it. Um, Try telling someone who watched Red and Red 2 that it's based off of a DC comic. No one will believe you. <laughs> um, um, even Constantine, stuff like that. Like, uh, There's a lot of stuff out there that is successful. And when people want to dig, that's where they'll, they'll discover it, you know? Um, but like I said, I mean, they can do – these people are putting things out. Like Lord of the Rings, that's like – it doesn't matter at this point. Everyone knows, and and uh, I think they. I think people know Lord of the Rings is accessible, so they'll watch it. And then if they want to read the books, maybe you know that curiosity is already there um, because it's such a big brand. But I still think people only associate Dungeons and Dragons with nerdy kids in basements. I really do. I know that it's coming along in pop culture, but I don't know that that, that that's changed too much. Um, and of course I'm just using like my social groups for that observation. And I, 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 I know the real time is a book series. I'm uh, completely unfamiliar with it, but because I know people talk about it, I'll watch it, but I don't know, um, what it's lore is like, what, if it's in a D and D world or if it's fantasy or, or what it is. Um, uh, I know it has Rosamund Pike in it and I love her as an actress, so I'll watch that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think that the key is don't let them know it's Dungeons and Dragons. Let them figure it out. All right. That sounds good. Well, I do want the shows to be successful though. Cause I always, you know, when those things are successful, it means usually good things for games. So hopefully yeah. it all works out. All right, Josh, what is your second topic? Well, my subject, to- my second topic is kind of a free for all for both of us. Uh, but mostly is, is because I wanted to talk about what we played last night. I know I wrote Men of Medan, uh, but we didn't play Man <laughs> of Medan. We are we the Men of Medan. Um, Kyle and I uh, streamed on Twitch the second game in the Dark Pictures anthology uh, called Little Hope. I thought something was hitting my window. It's apparently pouring. Uh, <laughs> uh, we played Little Hope um, last night. Uh, not only did we play it, but did we say we bested it? We completed it. <laughs> we completed it. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I thought what we could do, we'll talk a little bit about our experience. I don't want to spoil anything for people who might want to play, um, and then talk about, um, other games, maybe, uh, both of us or either of us are playing individually. Um, so I think I'll start, I know we, we talked about it after we completed it, but, uh, what were your, give me some quick first impressions from when we started playing. So first impressions, I, the game looked way better than I anticipated because as we had talked about on the show previously, some of those trailers, whew, you know, they have Supermassive Games, the developer, has had done some really great work. I mean, Until Dawn is still by far their best game. Oh, yeah, for sure. And for for them, for better or for worse, every game they make is going to be compared to that game. Mm-hmm. And no game they have made has come close to that game, in my opinion. Yes. And while I enjoyed Little Hope overall... Uh, hmm. we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> Going back to first impressions, it looked yeah. better than I anticipated that it would. It is very tropey, which is the whole intent of what they're doing anyway. So I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I know that going in, I will be honest. I wasn't as scared <laughs> as I thought I would be throughout the game. Yeah, it was kind of creepy a little bit, but I don't know that this game. I don't know that I ever found the game very scary. I agree, uh, to a degree. Yeah, there were some jump scares, but I think the jump scares were also similar. They're all always the same, but they always got me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just kind of assumed we've been playing X-Way for a certain amount of time, probably yeah. about time for this thing to happen. And like I said, we don't want to spoil anything. And then it would happen, so I was kind of prepared for it. Me, I do yeah. think the characters that we were introduced to overall were very different from each other from a personality standpoint. And I think it was nice that... Since we were playing co-op, that I could take a character and control a character for a while and really play into the part of their personality that I felt to be the most true. Yeah. And then when Josh had that character, he could be like, no, that's not the way they are. They're this way. And then suddenly that character would be very different than they were before. Yeah. I did. Um, I definitely regretted some decisions as I made. And I wanted, I, I wish I kept them in the tone you were playing them as. Right, but I, I think then, and like I said, I don't. Well, before we get to that, yeah. what did, what were your initial impressions? What were the things you enjoyed? Because I have some a couple of nitpicks I want to discuss, and what you were just talking about is one of those okay. nitpicks. Yeah, I mean, when we were playing the one of the first things I was commenting was uh, how tropey it was after the intro. Yeah, um, and that kind of frustrates me. I understand that things fall into tropes, but they're on a different level, right? They are able to create whatever they want with this and they don't have to fall to those tropes um, or just don't open your game with a one like it's not opening. Um, I do agree. The character models look way, 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 way better. Um, the animations were mostly better. Um, we did still have some glitches and my yeah. the biggest frustration for me were that they were the same glitches we had with the game that was out a year ago. And I even said, like, while we were playing, like, they had a year to fix this. What what, what were they doing? <laughs> um, that being said, uh, yeah, I like that all the characters were were different. I liked, I liked that the introduction to the game p- makes you play out a whole scenario and doesn't really fill in the blanks for you. Like, it just kind of leaves you with a a big question mark. Right, um, and then it it kind of 
lets you just like slowly, and I say slowly in <laughs> bold letters, uh, discover what's happening as you play through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I, I liked. Uh, I liked the atmosphere. I, I do agree with you. I don't think it was as scary as Man of Medan. And I think the only th- part about the game for me that was scary was the jump scares. However, I was pretty much able to tell when they were coming, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, they still got me. There was a couple of times like I legitimately um, got caught off guard. Because you do tend to visit places twice as different people. So you don't expect maybe something to happen to you that because it didn't the first time um so so it did get me a couple times but um yeah i don't think it was like as genuinely scary as man of medan um for for reasons yeah so why don't you what do you think what were you thinking about character i think character development is that what you're thinking of well a little bit because this game one of the things that i think still is impressive that they're able to do is that there are parts of the game I never saw, right? Because yeah. there are times that we are split up, that I'm with certain characters and you are with certain characters. So there are literally aspects of this game I have never seen. And I probably never will see because I don't know that I'm going to replay <laughs> it, right? Yeah. But I think one of the challenges of that is, number one, from a story perspective, there were parts where I was legitimately confused about what was going on because I only had half the information. Yes. And there's really no way for you to effectively communicate to me what you were seeing or or what was going on. Because even if you were telling me, my characters on my screen were doing something. Yes. So if I pay attention to you, I miss what's happening here and I might miss a quick time event or vice versa, right? That was a big frustration so, for me, yeah. Yeah, and I don't need them to sh- like spoon feed the story, but the characters shouldn't know either what's going on, right? So if they've been split up, it would be reasonable that they'd have some sort of conversation about what they each experienced. Yes. Because you weren't all together, right? Yes. Yes. So that yes. at least <laughs> we could be filled in on what was going on in the story. Because yeah. there was a while there where sometimes confusion can be interesting and it lead to more questions. But in this case, it was just frustrating because I knew you had the answer. Right. But we had no way to talk about it unless we just paused the game. In fact, this and is just what just happened. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that, to me, just breaks the pacing and all the other stuff. So that's one of my nits to pick. And I don't think that that happened as much in Man of Medan. I think we were both much more up on what was going on. And while there were definitely parts we experienced separately, or we saw different things because it was ghosts, and sometimes you saw ghosts and I didn't, and vice versa, that, to me, was the cool part. Yes. Where you could say, here's what's happening on your screen. I'd be like, no, this is what's happening. (laughs) And they were different, right? Even though we were in the same place. The other thing that I think made this game more challenging is because, especially early on, so much of the time is spent separate that my interactions and introduction to characters with the who, for the people I started with, I had a very specific way that those interactions went. So I knew or I had a feeling how the characters were kind of supposed to be, if that makes sense, or what the intent of that character yes. was. Whereas you had that with a different set of characters. So when we were together and I was making answers for a character in one way and you were like, what the heck? And I'm like, you need to understand any of the conversations we just had back there. And the way when I wasn't in control of this character, she was acting. 
So my assumption was, okay, this is who this character is. <laughs> I am going to go with who that character is then because it's not a character I would typically ta- play or if I was playing as myself, I would not pick to do those sorts of things. Right. But because of who she was and the way she was acting in my interactions with her, I was like, fine, when I get to control her, I'm going to follow through on that. I'm going to try to stay true to who I think that character is based off the interactions we've had. But then you hadn't had those interactions. So then when you got her, you're like, well, I feel like this is the nice thing to say. (laughs) You did the nice thing, which was totally different than what she had been doing the whole time. You know, like. And that's not a good or a bad thing necessarily. I just think it makes it very hard for, like, I had no true understanding of who some of the other characters were until we were much further into the game. Yep. And then I didn't really know, well, were they this way because of I chose I wanted them to try to kind of go this way or not. And then it seems like, based off of an interaction we had, for one of the characters who went back and forth multiple times... That maybe had we committed to one style, something might have turned out differently than it did. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. For trying not to spoil it for the people. So Right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought it was interesting um, because, and this isn't a spoiler, but near the end of the game, you do, you do kind of see like this... Uh, all-encompassing recap of sorts. And I got to see a lot of things that I had no clue had happened or conversations I had no clue had happened between characters. So it was definitely interesting to see that happen as well. Um, But I agree with you with the the frustration of like trying to communicate with you things that are going on and, and vice versa and, and like realizing during that, that, we're pretty much talking over each other's experiences just to try to communicate something that's happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And you're right. In man of Medan, it was mostly like, and that was really cool with man of Medan. Like we're sharing an experience and one of us is experiencing it differently, but we're in the same place for the most. Yeah. Part, right? And then usually in man of Medan, if you're by yourself, you're responsible for a character's life because usually that's when they die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. Uh, I will say, overall, I, I did really enjoy it, but I, I, I think it's 100% because we played together. I agree. And I think that's very much is these games. Is I think they're fun when you're playing together or you're playing with someone else. But I do think on the surface, the like you said, we had a lot of glitches. There were times where we had to completely just restart. Uh, There was a situation where I was supposed to be controlling a character and the character just wouldn't move. (laughs) So I had to rely on you to just go around and do everything and like basically start the next cutscene, So, so my character would finally start moving again. So definitely some issues with it there. And I think because of the whole, all of your choices matter. And I, we had the same situation in man and Badan that when you get to the end of this game, and I think we both kind of said the same thing of like, wow, this is kind of like what happened with Man and Dan, and then the game just ended, and then it just ended. It just ended. Like it just ends. <laughs> we knew it, we knew we were so- near the end. <laughs> right. We did something, and then it's like a hard cut to somewhere else, and all of a sudden you're there. You're like, and wait a second, time. how did we even get here? <laughs> yeah, it's a very um it's like someone said uh, we need to get to the end, but we don't have the time or money to get there. <laughs> so jump cut to 
out of context yeah. walking. <laughs> yeah. And it was interesting because after today, actually, I was listening to some podcasts where they were reviewing it and they talked about how, you know, there really is no connection to the first game and that the only indication at all that you played the first game uh, is in your conversations with the curator, mm-hmm. which was funny because we talked about how it didn't seem like <laughs> didn't they had remember recognized us. <laughs> any way that we had played the first game and that that would have been a really cool way. Yeah. To incorporate the fact that we had played the first game would have been in those conversations. Even like a recap, like, this is how you messed up the first time. Don't do it again. Right. Or, yeah, or something about we, I think, did a much better job this time as far as the percentage of people we had alive at the end of the game. Uh, Maybe not much better. A little better, I'll say. When you're only having, you know, five people's hearts much better, I guess. (laughs) One better. (laughs) Yeah. One one better, indeed. But there was no indication even to the, like, the oh it seems like you've learned from your past mistakes or something like right. that would have been a cool way to incorporate since this character is the only through line to incorporate and the there's fact barely that- no interaction with him and every time I, I think about him i think about um the guy from until dawn every time and how much oh, interaction yeah, yeah. there was with him yep so yeah it always bums me out yeah, their games are just not. Oh, they cannot. It's really. It's in some ways really unfortunate that Until Dawn was. So it good. is half the price of Until Dawn. I'll give it that. It is. So that's. I mean, thirty dollars. I think we got our money's worth. Oh yeah, for sure. It was a great. I, I really enjoyed the time, and I think that's the. That must have been a tough sales pitch for them. They were like, "No, don't do a new game. Do three thirty dollars games." <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's that is the hard thing about this game is all the things obviously we're talking about are our frustrations with it. Yeah. But I enjoyed playing it. We played the entire thing in one sitting. Yeah, listen, if you so it was about four hours. <laughs> it was about four hours, yeah. Yeah. If you think like people don't always talk negatively, ask your coworkers about your wife and have them tell you all the good things she does for you. <laughs> and your coworkers are like, What? You only complain about her. <laughs> and that's a general statement, not a Kyle statement. <laughs> 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 I say dang okay um but yeah so like like you said i enjoyed playing it and like man of medan which then ended after the credits with a trailer for little hope mm. we did get a trailer for the next iteration of the dark pictures anthology this one was live action which was weird because the other one was the other trailer was not live action the, was it live action? It was live action, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. it was actors. I don't. Uh, there might have been like computer graphic backgrounds, but the the characters were human beings. Unless they that was on a PS Five dev kit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those are human beings. What are you doing? You're gonna Google the trailer. <laughs> I, I'm looking it up. I'm like 98 percent positive they were humans. Not computer humans. And now I'll I'll leave some silence while you watch it so you can edit it out. <laughs> okay, so it's four hours later to the listener. Kyle is uh, building his phone. <laughs> you're going to watch the whole trailer? <laughs> no, I was just looking up to see if it said whether it was live action. I don't remember it being live action. I just thought that they were... You didn't watch the trailer? You just tried to Google if it's live action trailer? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? That's not going to be listed anywhere? <laughs> Oh boy! Well, while you look that up, I'll say uh, I um, we'll move on to uh, games. We, if you want to talk about games we've been playing, I just wanted to mention that I jumped back into Apex. Go ahead. You have? Did you have it? No, I just have one other question. Oh yeah, for yeah. You. Um, are 
I hear it's playing. Are we going? Sorry. <laughs> are we going to play this next game? Yeah, I mean, we have to. We're already committed, right? It's called House of Ashes is the name of it. Yeah, it's like I Vietnam-ish. I'm watching the trailer to see. Yeah. And that girl they show right away is a human being. <laughs> is a human being? Uh, you should pause it so you can see all the blemishes and <laughs> full, full features. Uh, and if I'm wrong, man, it's going to look great. <laughs> Josh, I don't think this is live action. Okay. Well, I, When you were saying that it was live action, I was super confused. So I don't know. This is the most entertaining to listen <laughs> the to podcast uh, part for our listeners. But I don't think this is live action. Or maybe I'm just so what's overwhelmed it called again? by games. House of Ashes. Josh, this is not live action. You watch it while I talk about the... Uh, oh, yeah. So other games we've been playing. I will tell you my story about other games I've been playing. Oh, yes. Josh, I haven't been playing anything else. What a good story. Because, <laughs> because work has been kicking my butt. So I really haven't been watching anything oh, else. It's CG. <laughs> okay. I was like, when you were talking about it, I was so well, confused. I was confused. I was convinced. I, I thought my eyes were just going real bad. And okay. Thank goodness. Oh, no. They think it's um, Ashley Tisdale as the lead? Uh-oh. So I have not. Oh, it is actually Tisdale. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I have not really been playing much of anything. I've been watching a lot of TV because work has been extremely busy. Um, and there's one other reason that I haven't playing any been playing much, and that will be actually talked about in our topic three. Oh. So with that being said, Josh, what else have you been playing in addition to Little Hope? So, yeah, so uh, preparing for Extra Life, I've really just kind of been, like, uh, making sure games run on my computer. Um, that being said, I jumped back into Apex, because I know Apex Legends has their next season launching today, as you're listening, actually. Uh, no, uh, Wednesday, the 4th. Sorry. Um, they didn't want to release on, on election day, uh, November 4th, the new map, the new map, um, comes out, uh, which I found today was actually a Titanfall two map that never got released, which is pretty cool. Um, it's very tropical looking and fun looking. The new hero is a, I think Scottish, um, fiery redhead mechanic. She looks really cool. Um, she deals with like, uh, wormholes or portals or something. Um, so similar, uh, to, wow, it's been that long that I played that I'm forgetting one of the main characters names. <laughs> um, someone to the girl who already does portals. What? Wraith. Jeez. Oh boy. Um, yeah, so I jumped back in, um, and I got a win. My first game back, so I felt pretty good about it. I wouldn't say I was the leading contributor of my team, but I still survived until the very, very end when I ran out of ammo. Hey, you know what? Skill-based matchmaking. So you, you earned every cent of that win. <laughs> and I did that was on PC. I did go back yesterday and play some of the Halloween event on the Xbox as well. Um, and I've been playing, still playing TG, the PGA Tour Golf. Um, through the place in video games league. If you have PGA 2K21 and you want to join our league, let me know. I will get you in to the place in video games league uh, or society as they call it. Yes. Um, but it's fun. I don't actively play the game, but I definitely, I play it every Sunday. I get my, my rounds in. Um, so I, I'm so frustrated. It's, it's as frustrating as real golf. So I always have moments where I'm playing and I'm like, why am I still doing this? Uh, but I still o- overall enjoy it. 
Um, yeah, and I feel like I'm, I'm still playing Hades. I'm still really enjoying it. I've had uh, a handful of escapes now. Um, I'm getting a lot of that Titan blood and leveling up my weapons. I actually, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but I did uh, max out hearts for Charon and Scully. And things happen when you max out hearts. Oh. Um, uh, surprising and big things. <laughs> so it, uh, I, I made the mistake of kind of spreading out. Um, uh, what am I? I'm forgetting the name of it. Uh, it's not honey. It's. Oh, like the elixir? Or yeah, whatever the, it's called. Yeah. It's a famous nectar. It's. Nectar. Uh, I was just kind of giving the nectar to everyone because you you know you get a boon, or you get yep. a, not a boon. Yeah, you, it's it's still a boon, right? It's a little perk thing yeah. that you can equip. You them. get a, yeah. some. You get an item from them. Relic. A relic, yes. <clears throat> but then I was kind of just giving, like I kept giving Mega hearts because I was like I'm gonna make her like me. But um, but I was spreading him out. I gave Achilles two hearts, and I think if you're playing and you want a good strategy, um, give like try to maybe you can still spread him out. But like if you max out hearts on people, um, something is triggered. Uh, at least so far for two people, the two people I've maxed out. Um, so it gives me so much more more things to do and play. Um, it's funny because I got transistor to play. Um, and their other game, uh, which I'm blanking on, uh, Bastion? Well, I, and Bastion also the other, uh, I can't think of the other one, but anyways, I have Transistor and Bastion still waiting to be played on my switch. And I was like, I'm going to play these right after Hades. And I'm like, well, Hades might take me the rest of the year, <laughs> even longer, I think. Um, but I'm still enjoying every minute of it. So, and I'll be playing Never Extra Life too, just starting from scratch on the PC. Gotcha. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. And Pyre's the other game. Pyre, thank you. Yeah, awesome. That's cool. And like I said, we'll talk a little bit about more why why uh, oh my goodness, I will talk in a little bit about <laughs> why I haven't been playing more. But until then, uh, Josh, hi. Who would have thought so many games would be delayed? Us. That's right. Because <laughs> here come some delays and some big delays that got happened or announced over the last week, starting with. Uh, we'll start with a small one. Apex, Apex Legends, which Josh was just talking about, was announced for Switch back when uh, EA did their EA Play event, um, when it would have traditionally been E3-ish time, uh, or a few weeks after that. But Apex Legends at that time was announced for Switch, uh, and that has been delayed to 2021. Josh, obviously you play some Apex. You yeah. own a Switch. Did you have any desire to play Apex on Switch? Um, Not really. Uh, I will say, I don't know... The- the cross progression was also supposed to come out day and date with Switch. Right. So if cross progression is delayed, that's a bummer. Um, I wouldn't say no to playing it on the Switch, right? Like if I, but it would be docked. I would not play it handheld on the Switch. Mm, um, but mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, cross progression makes me want to play it anywhere. Really, my my actual question was because I was wondering this. I have so much more unlocked on my PC um, character-wise, but I have so much more unlocked on my Xbox um, gear and banner-wise. What happens with that with cross-progression? Do they get mixed together, or do you have to pick one? Yeah, that's interesting because they talked about how while the Switch version has been delayed, 
Uh, the Steam version is still coming out on November 4th, mm. and there will be exclusive items on the Steam of version. Of course so, there will be. So I guess maybe you just have to play Apex on every system so you can get all the so stuff. So I have to play That's it on ma- two PC things, Steam and yes. EA Origins? Great. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Ugh. So there you go. I'm excited for people to play it on the Switch. I really am. Um, I know that the with Rogue Company... And Spellbreak, like, there's this audience for these games on Switch that just haven't had access to these. Um, so, like, get get Apex on Switch. Um, I just, you know, hopefully, I'm assuming they're delaying it so it runs better. So, hopefully, that that's they fix that because I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle. Right. Yeah. I and just to be clear, the Steam thing is just gun charm. There's like three gun. Yeah, charms. the gun charm. So it's not like it's a yeah. lot. But I do wonder how what that will be like uh, playing this game on Switch because, you know, obviously I'm a big Overwatch player. Uh, Overwatch on Switch, <laughs> there's definitely a difference in uh, capabilities yeah. from the Switch audience to every other audience. So I have to imagine from a cross-play situation. But I guess, you know, this game does do skill-based matchmaking, so theoretically it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't. You can also change your cross-play. You can turn it off. Right. So, Which, if you have a Switch, I would do that. Turn off (laughs) cross-play. But good luck to them with getting the Switch version. Obviously, it's a huge undertaking, and hopefully when that comes out, it'll be great. Another game that was delayed, but serve to make my prediction right Mm -hmm. about something that would happen on monday last week destruction all stars which was slated to be a playstation 5 launch title for 70 dollars 70 dollars 70 (laughs) dollars has now been delayed into february and when the game launches in february will be coming to playstation plus yeah so josh thoughts on this delay uh you know (laughs) i didn't Destruction All-Stars was not in my um, sights at all. Um, right. So I kind of forgot the game existed. So it didn't really necessarily... I think the, the surprise was it going uh, to PS Plus, not the delay. I mean, I don't know. Are we finally at the point where we can just understand that if someone delays a game, it's because they need to make the game better? Like... Can we yeah. can we get to that point as gamers? Because I don't think we can based on the internet. The ga- like, if a game gets delayed, just deal with it, please. I understand people get excited for games. I mean, I don't know. I I know that there's like one person in our Discord who actually bought Destruction All Stars, but they got oh, but they got a refund. Yeah, they got a refund though. Um, they were refunding people who bought it, and I was I was just surprised that someone bought it. Um, I, I am too. Um, but I mean, that's just me in my own bubble. Like that just, just didn't, it's a game that it reminds me of like on rush, right? A game I didn't necessarily want. I played it when it was free and I liked, I like I liked it a lot. I actually then bought it on like a black Friday sale, like a year later. So I technically we own it. I just never played it. And then it was on game pass. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, it's it makes – I think it's a smart move from Sony, right? This is a pretty good um, attack on Xbox's offerings for next gen. Um, not to mention, like, they have bug snacks for free the first – for this month for PS5. Like, that's a big statement for PlayStation, kind of 
Um, at least in my mind, it's them acknowledging, like, uh, sub- not subconsciously, non-verbally, that they need to compete with Game Pass, not Games of Gold. And, right. and I think Games of Gold this month will prove to you that Games of Gold can't compete with anybody. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but uh, uh, good on them for making it free. Uh, it's an interesting thing with that they were all the way up to last week planning on charging you $70 for it and then being like, we'll make it free. I wonder if they're going to... Now, do we know our prices going up on PS Plus or... or um, As of right now, no. They haven't made any. They haven't made any firm statements that it's not changing, though, right? I mean, there has been no statement at Period. all about for either of yeah, them, not like, PlayStation or Xbox. Just, just curious if it will yeah. like somehow if they like raise it ten bucks, like if it will recuperate their losses. Ooh, they um, PlayStation would have to. It'd be a tough pill to swallow for them to raise the price of PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Now, granted, I have. I think another two years and two months of PlayStation Plus <laughs> yeah. already like paid for. But the value of PlayStation Plus has slowly been declining over time rather than increasing. Yeah. Now, granted, I will say I think the PlayStation Plus collection that is coming to PS5 owners when the console launches is a pretty great value in and of itself. Yes, I agree. So that is a pretty good boon of games that they added some games to. Also, oh, that nice. uh, Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy, and one other game got added to it as well. So it's at 20 games now total. But that's not here. 20 games, there. no hard drive space. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, goodness gracious, yeah. <laughs> but I think for Destruction All-Stars, they had to have known this game was... I have to imagine maybe it was trending super soft or they had were hoping they could get it cleaned up. And maybe this was always kind of the backup plan. Um or maybe they're looking at what else their lineup is going to be as far as games in 2021, and they knew that this would be a good place for this because we still have Ratchet and Clank that's supposed to be coming out next year, God of War that's supposed to be coming out next year, and the New Horizon that's all slated for next year. So I think they may have realized that if they push this to make the game better, that there's really no time that they could probably release it at full price and still recoup the like get good value for it. Right? This game was going to sell if it came out on launch, probably okay because it was a launch game. But honestly, I think this might make their launch lineup better by not having it at launch because I don't know that this game was going to review very well. And I think it makes the prospects of getting a PS5 better because I I know I can get this game in February for really no additional charge. Yeah, I mean, they did a horrible job in marketing the game too. Like, I don't think I've seen any gameplay for it. And I think there's a reason for that, which is why the game is delayed till February. Yeah. So, so yeah. So overall, I, I think this was a good decision by PlayStation, uh, and I think this is a much better value, obviously, for PlayStation Five owners. Uh, so hopefully, the game. And I think this is honestly the best chance for this game to be successful, is to give it to people, let them play it, and hopefully, you know, not that it's going to become Rocket League, but hopefully, it gets a, a big enough community who gets the chance to play it. That the game sticks around for a while. Yeah, less bleeding edge, more Rocket League. That's right, indeed. Okay, some other big delays: Far Cry Six and Rainbow Six mm. Quarantine, both pushed out of their release that were supposed to be this fiscal year for um, Ubisoft, which is ending uh, March 2021. Yeah. Uh, Far Cry Six did have a February release date. Rainbow Six Quarantine did not have a release date yet. But all we know now is that the games theoretically will be releasing sometime between April 2021 and March 2022. Josh, your thoughts on this delay? 
I think Ubisoft used to be like notoriously known for awesome E3 presentations, and now they're just known as the company that delays all their games <laughs> or cancels them. <laughs> so right. it's not surprising to me. Uh, we didn't really see anything um, from Quarantine at their quote unquote like E3 quote unquote press conferences they did. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, all we saw was a Rainbow Six like. Uh, teaser, so I mean, it just shows, I think, that they just aren't ready to get those games out. Which is fine. I'm happy to wait. Yeah, I think, I agree. I think it is totally fine that they are doing this, that we can definitely wait on these games. And realistically, if you look at their next three months of releases, they got quite a few games they're releasing. Yeah. So, these games waiting until the next year, totally fine. I do wonder, though, what this means for Skull and Bones is Skull and Bones still going to come out in that year, those years <laughs> in that year as well because that's what they have told us. Yeah. So we'll see if Skull and Bones comes out in that fiscal year as well. But I know some people are super delayed. Uh, delayed are bummed about this. I know Far Cry Six is a game that many people like in our Discord were highly anticipating. Yeah. But if you know, hopefully this delay helps out and makes the game a little more. Uh, Imagine how pretty it? it's going to look with oh, all of the rays. <laughs> all the rays will be traced. And finally, Josh, probably the more surprising delay potentially. Uh, Cyberpunk can I, is coming out in December now, Josh. Can I be Remember honest when with this you? Game went gold just a few weeks ago. When you asked me about my predictions, I wanted to say that Cyberpunk would be delayed again, but it had gone gold, so I didn't right. say that. But it was the first thing. That came to my mind. Um, so I feel like I was bamboozled. I would have totally would have, we would have had two predictions, right? But I was under this impression <laughs> that when something goes gold, <laughs> that means it's done. <laughs> nope. Nope, it doesn't. And obviously, you know, once a game goes gold, that just means it's being pressed to discs yeah. and that they obviously are still working on the game. But this to me means. That day one patch is going to be something else, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're buying it physically, uh, rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a day one patch. My goodness. So all signs seem to be pointing to, and what it sounds like, is that it's the current gen, yeah. as, as of this day, that is causing the problems. That the, the game is not running well on base PS4, base Xbox One, and that's where a lot of the problem is coming from. Uh, this was a rumor a while ago. That, th that they were having problems with these base version consoles trying to get this game to run. Uh, a, I'm not surprised by that. Are you surprised by that? No, not at all. Because <laughs> it seems like a pretty intense game for those consoles. But here's my question for you, Josh. Obviously, we always say, hey, developers, delay your games, make them better. Yep. What do you think the chances are this game comes out this year? Oh. <laughs> uh, I would like to think that when they had to have this meeting about delaying this game, that someone said, are you sure that this is the date that we can hit? Because we can push it to next year. It would be far less damaging to just push it to 2021. So I hope that the discussions were like, yeah, no, no, it'll be done. Um, again, I am not the internet. I am not Sending death threats to employees of Cyberpunk, right? CD Project Red. If it's going to be delayed, let it be delayed. Let the game. We've waited this long. There's been so many games delayed in the past. 
some huge games that still come out to be some of the highest rated games of all time. Suffer major delays. Just let them delay it. If it has to come out in January, February, just let it. Let it come out the same day it comes out for next-gen consoles. I don't know why anyone would be happy with a flawed game. Like, what if some? What if I said to you, you can have Assassin's Creed Syndicate the day it launched, or you can wait six months and there won't be any bugs. Like, who would say, right. I, who wouldn't wait? So, I don't know. Uh, if I hope it comes out in December for the people who want to play it. Um, I hope it comes out in December for CD Projekt Red's like bump from Christmas sales for people who don't know what they're buying for their grandkids and children and cousins. But I mean, they're gonna make money anyways. Just put the game out when it's done. Stop committing to dates. They shouldn't have given us a date. <laughs> right. So, so here's the interesting thing, and the reason I ask this question. Uh, is there was an article on Push Square, and I'm sure it's on many other places as well. But uh, speaking during CD Projekt Red's latest call with shareholders, Adam Kaczynski said, quote, we feel maybe not comfortable, but confident. Oh, my gosh. What a sentence. Again. <laughs> so that was when asked about if the game would hit that release date. That was their response oh. about that. Um, and that is from Robert Ramsey over at Push Square, quoting, you know, CD Projekt Red's. I think that is their... I don't know if that's their CEO, but I think maybe their finance person who said that, that they're comfortable but not confident. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. I. So, no, we're not going to see December 10th. We're not going to see that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it's going to come out December 10th no, either. There's no way. If that's the statement by the financial guy, uh-uh. <laughs> He's the one who's going to be honest with you. Yeah, I... Uh... I mean, it's fine. Just why did you release the date? Just delay it. Come on now. Say it now. <laughs> delay. <or> delay. <laughs> we need more time. So, all right. Well, good luck to everyone at uh, CD Projekt Red. I hope your last next, you know, however many weeks of crunch you have now to try to get this game to come up December 10th go well. It seems like months ago we could have seen this coming and they should just push the game to 2021. It seems like. Yeah. I mean, people, like, we always have this conversation, right? People... Delays don't come by surprise to game developers. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it just... Well, and I, I do wonder because I've seen pictures now on the internet of people like going to Best Buy and the best some Best Buys have a huge cyberpunk thing. Yeah. Like at the doors with like the old date, like above their windows with the old date and there was the Keanu commercials and yeah, I just... It seems like more and more that they're trying so hard to get these dates or make it as close to these dates as they can. And it might do them a load of good just to say, like, give us three more months or four more months or whatever to get it done. Yeah. Too much pressure. Don't put, don't put dates on things. (laughs) Right. All right, Josh, (laughs) what is your third topic? I will make this a quick one because it really doesn't have to be too long. Uh, some, we had a Nintendo mini direct or in a mini direct, uh, mini showcase, whatever they call it now. Um, it's 10 minutes long, I think. Uh, <laughs> they showed off a bunch of games coming to the Switch, and one of the things that caught my attention was Control. It is Not only was it coming to the Switch, but it was available uh, as a demo, at least, uh, that day. I'm not sure if the full version is out, but I believe it might be. Uh, but 
Now, I know cloud gaming has existed on the Switch in Japan. I believe this might be the first iteration of it on the U.S. console. Yes, I believe so. Um, so, um, Control is on Switch, and it's a cloud version. So, you are streaming it to your device. So, uh, essentially, um, <clears throat> it's not you can't just take it on the go like you're, if you're playing handheld mode on the Switch. Uh, I will say it looks great. I haven't fired it up. I've just watched people try it out. Um, I know Donnie had some troubles, like there was a long queue just to get into the game. And I and I know that that happened to me when I was testing the NVIDIA streaming, where you oh, could yeah. stream your Steam games. Um, you had to be put in a queue. Um, if, certain, if, if it was a game people were trying to play a lot of. So I'm curious if that translates into the full game. And it mm-hmm. will, like if you pay $60 for a game to get a wait in line to play it or how, yeah. how's that going to work? And I don't know. I don't know if they're full $60 games either. Um, but that being said, uh, I think uh, this is a good step forward for this rich. Um, definitely facing like um, critiques of it, not meeting current graphics um, like the Witcher. I know, I know the Witcher, um, was like highly regarded as a, uh, as a good port to the switch, but it was still criticized as far as like some of what it's lacking. And from what I can tell, um, control looks exactly the same as my Xbox. So, uh, on my PlayStation, I should say, um, so it looks good. I would ask you, um, is there a game that you want to play in the switch that you can't, that you think would benefit from cloud? Well, here's the thing. I have all three systems, including a Switch. Mm-hmm. If I can't take this with me and play it without internet, yeah. why wouldn't I just play it on a system that I already have? That's true. You know, like, why wouldn't I just play it, boot up my PS4 version of Control? But if you're like a hotel with Wi-Fi. Hotel Wi-Fi, really, Josh? Have you stayed in a lot of hotels that have good Wi-Fi? Yeah. Oh, man, you must stay in much nicer hotels well, than I do. Don't forget, your internet is way better than my regular house internet. <laughs> so my expectation for good Wi-Fi is pretty low. That's true. I guess that's very true. I guess that's very true. And also, just to be clear, and I, uh, this is not me trying to be a hater, the internet or the yeah, the internet, the Wi-Fi internet connection on my Switch is poop. Yeah, like it cannot hold Wi-Fi worth a darn. So while I think this is a cool way to increase the viability of certain games on Switch, yeah. just the inconsistencies of my Switch being able to hold internet makes this pretty much. I have no interest in it. Basically, as a result gotcha. of that, if my if my spe- specific Switch held internet better. Um, and I didn't literally have to go put it in my um, utility room in my house to download updates and games <laughs> sometimes because it just will not hold a, a, the Wi-Fi signal unless it's right where the thing is. Uh, then I, I might be more positive on this. I hear you. I, I think so. it's more exciting to me because it really just reminds me of our original vision of the Xbox One. And that it's finally kind of being envisioned more than just um, all these beta um game like that like a cloud gaming from xbox right now like same idea but this is on a full-fledged console you don't need a phone and a controller right so i'm excited yeah. to see where it goes but uh for me control is a good game to start with i'm, I'm definitely going to try the the demo and see how it runs and try it yeah, in a few places that aren't my house to see like how that wi-fi holds up too yeah i'd be super interested to see how it runs just because i know that um you know we always talk about latency with cloud gaming oh yeah Yep. You know, so I, I'd be very interested to know how it is working 
um, on the Switch just because I know that apparently all or most, it seems like most streaming services, their feedback is, well, it's noticeable, but it's not that bad. Right, they're settling. Yeah, so I do wonder, you know, what that would be like. And, you know, even I said that about um, PlayStation Now not that long ago that when I was playing games on it, it's, it's a, I mean, you can tell a little bit, yeah. but it's not that bad, you know. So I think that is the general sentiment. So I wonder if that is where Nintendo Switch is at for that as well. All right, my final topic this week, Josh, is just, you know, the when this re- episode releases, we'll be we'll only have one more episode releasing before the next gen is here actually not before the one Xbox. week later yeah one week later xbox series x and series s will be releasing why do you get so confused kyle it's so easy it is so easy <laughs> i know i'm i'm just very not smart so i can't keep it straight in my head um so i just wanted to check in what's your hype like where are you what are you feeling about it are you excited kind of what are your thoughts on next gen what are your plans? What are you going to play first? Like, what are you going to do? I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, yeah. but now we're like, we're here. It's it's time, basically. What are, where are you at, Josh? Are you stoked? I'm like, I'm marginally excited. It's coming at a pretty, like, tough financial time for me. Uh, so yeah. um, not only was this year just tough, a tough financial time, but, you know, the past couple of months, we just ran into all these, like, car problems and 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 uh, issues and and my wife's student loan problems all these awful things so um so yeah i mean i'm feeling better about my ps5 pre-order because i got an email that they're about to charge it so hopefully my my pre-order doesn't get canceled um and i was able to move it to my playstation card so i'm going to get a ton of bonus points which will be nice. nice Um, I had to, I had to cancel my Xbox pre-order through Amazon, unfortunately, because I just won't have the money to cover it. Um, and that's a big old bummer. Um, and then, yeah, so I'm hoping to, to score an Xbox through Best Buy now that I have a Best Buy card. Um, and I guess they're going to release some on Black Friday digitally only. So I'll have to wait till at least Black Friday for an Xbox. But that being said. I am getting prepared, Kyle. I have. I know I just complained about not having money, but don't worry. I'm spending someone else's money right now that I have to pay back. <laughs> um, on on Wednesday, I'll have my TV coming that will handle 120, 4K nice. 120. Um, TV that Donnie loves so much, the LG Nano Cell. So I'll have that ready for hopefully PlayStation 5. Um and then I'm going to just have to swap the HDMI cables back and forth between PS5 and Xbox One uh, Series X when I want to play those sweet, sweet Ray games. Um, I think it's an exciting time in general, right? We have a lot of friends in the Discord who are excited about playing. I'm excited to hear um, their experiences and see how everything is uh, shakes out. Um, honestly... This is really kind of hit, gets talked about on the internet a lot right now. It's the first time in my life where I haven't been able to physically see the generation jump. So Mm. I don't know. I have an idea, but I don't Mm -hmm. know how good Spider-Man's going to look. Until you get it home and play. Right. And I don't know how cool it's going to feel to try Astro Boy's Playroom People can talk about it. Like, I know it's more like the 
gimmicky game, which is fine, but it's really meant to show off like the haptic controller. Like, I don't know what that's going to be like. It's, it's, it's still a time to like be excited. Like I've intentionally not watched unboxings because like that's some of my favorite things to do is like unbox things. Uh-huh. Um, but like working in Best Buy for most of my career, like getting your hands on a, a system before it comes out and playing a game on it, that's a big deal. And that's usually the system seller portion. Right. I just want to say really, I love that you called it Astro Boy. Oh, what is Astro Bot? Sorry. <laughs> it's Astro. Yeah, but it's just Astro's Playroom. <laughs> Astro's Playroom. Sorry. I, I know yeah. Astro Boy no, I just, has I a just, different Because Astro Boy is a thing. So I just love that you called it that, Yeah. So, so um, yeah, I don't know. What are my plans? That was that question. Uh, I don't know. I Here are my plans. I think I told you this. When the PlayStation 5 comes out, the 12th. 12th. So I'm t- taking the 13th off. <laughs> Friday the 13th. Assuming, Call of Duty assuming I get my console, I'll be taking the 13th off. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, oh, that'll be interesting. I'm probably going to take the 12th off too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, because I already have the 11th off. So, but yeah, you don't want to take the 11th off. Go to work on the 12th and take the 13th. That's just weird. Now, you just got to take the 12th well, off. Well, if I now. go with the 12th and I take, I, they don't get overtime for me being out until three days so oh. i'd really be sticking it to him by going in thursday and staying out friday <laughs> oh. so i won't do that oh, no. so it looks like i have a short week this week uh that's nice uh no next week next week don't mess up my dates i yes don't have the 11th off never mind <laughs> okay it's this wednesday it's this you know. wednesday oh boy my my word okay yes um, I think the last question was, what will I play first? I think that's a question only you can answer <laughs> or we can answer together. I think realistically, well, it, it's going to be um, Astro's player. Right. Well, everything <laughs> else downloads or the two games we can fit. Our yeah. I mean, we need to find out if we can do game share. Yeah, I know. Right. This is something that Kyle and I were talking about. Um uh in a perfect world and we can do game share mm-hmm. i would like to have um spider-man is godfall a release god yes. spider-man and godfall i think i told you i would be happy to to contribute to our collection right and then i will probably get Sackboy. and since you are picking up spider-man i will probably end up picking up demon souls and maybe the pathless saying that's a Great lineup of right. launch and then we games. get bug snacks, and we get a uh, bug snacks a game I'll and probably Astro. never play. <laughs> Did you decide against I mean, Sack Boys Sacktacular Adventure? <laughs> what about Sack Boy? I thought that was a game you were looking to get. I, I am. That's what I said. Sack Boy. Oh, did you say Sack Boy? Yeah, I started with Sack Boy. Oh. And my brain uh, must Demon have tuned it out. And Pathless. So okay. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm still actually. You know, Ratchet and Clank is still my like most anticipated game, and obviously, I think I'm not as hyped, if you want to say that, about Spider-Man. I'm really excited to play it, but I just assume it's going to be really good, and um, I I'll just leave it at that. I assume it's going to be really, really good. Yeah. But like, Sackboy is this unknown quantity 
And for some reason, as a result, I'm just really interested. I think I'm just more interested to see if this game is going to be any good. It seems like it's going to be. It looks really good. You know, it's been a long time since we got a little big planet, and this is not a typical little big planet either. So. Right. This is just a straight up 3D platforming yeah. game that's co-op. Oh, yeah, it is co-op, huh? Yeah, so we can play it together, and then, like, air, like depending if... I think, actually, it's up to four-player oh, co-op, so we could play it as a couple. Spend, I gotta buy another DualSense controller, Kyle. <laughs> I know, but people are freaking out about that thing in the reviews <laughs> yeah, for it. I, I just do wonder, yeah, how long those are going to last. Oh, man, I'm so going to turn that off so quick. <laughs> are you going to? I don't want them to break. I told well, you, I, I bought brand ex- new PS4 controllers. They're broken out of the <laughs> box. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I do want to at least experience what it's like, though. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't know what I, I, but I do generally think that Astro will be the first thing I play just because I'm then going to have to download other stuff. All the downloads. What about your hype level? What are, where are you at and what are your plans? Well, Josh, this is kind of why I haven't really been playing anything because all I'm thinking about is like next gen. <laughs> Instead of playing a game, you're just sitting in your couch. Yeah. Going, well, I'm just sitting there, uh, but that's why I've been play, watching like TV and stuff <laughs> because I'm, I look at everything that I have. And while I've been playing a little bit of Overwatch and some other multiplayer games just for funsies to hang out with people, every game that I look at, I'm like, mm, you know, I really want to, I wonder what this would be like on PS5. Mm. Like that's all I think about is I wonder what it's going to be like. So then I wait. And that's the other thing, too, is I really do want to play Assassin's Creed, but I don't know what to do about that because we just listed like six games, seven games. When does the next-gen upgrade for that come out? Immediately. Oh, it does? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's just Cyberpunk that's later. Yep. So, yeah, so you'll be able to do the upgrade path for free. And that the you'll be able to have access to the upgraded version immediately. We'll figure it out. That. I'll pro- you know what? I'll probably send you a thirty five dollar PlayStation Store gift card if we have crossplay. I mean, game share, and I'll just mm-hmm. I'll give you half towards Assassin's Creed, and we can just have it sit in our library until we want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we go play it in a year, and we could have gotten it for half the price. <laughs> I mean, I I agree with you. I really I, this is a Assassin's Creed where I know. That I don't love the scope of the game, but I'm such mm-hmm. a fan of the theme that I think I would I would go through it. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. So, yeah, I'm pretty stoked. And I think part of the reason I am pretty stoked is that this isn't something that happens that often, right? Like, how often do we get game console releases? It's a decade-ish. You know? And I think of, like, where I was when, when I picked up my PS4. Mm. I was living in a different state. You know, like how much has changed since then? It's kind of mind boggling to think of how different my life is today uh-huh. from when the time I got my PS4 or if you go back previous to that, you know, at the time it was a 360 that I got, like how different, like how far my life has come in that time. And I, it's kind of odd being a gamer, how you can kind of like you have those benchmarks in your life of when get new game consoles come out, like what your life was like. And then you can look ahead the next, you know, seven years or back the previous seven years yeah. of where was I? What has my life become since that time? And you just have these very definitive benchmarks that we really, really can, I think, for the most part, clearly remember what we were doing and when we got them, what the first game we played was, like all of that stuff. What was I doing in 2013? Let's see. Uh, if I pull up my Facebook memories. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I don't even have one for today in 2013. <laughs> so that failed. Oh, man. <laughs> I wasn't married. I didn't have a kid. I wasn't working where I'm working now. 
Yeah, see? Yeah. Yeah, I was living in St. Peter, Minnesota. I was working at Gustavus Adolphus College. Like, things were totally different then. I've had like four jobs since then. Oh, wait, I was married. Ooh, don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I was recently married. You were just thinking about me. You were thinking about me. I wasn't married. That's what you were thinking of. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this, so it's okay. <laughs> Nobody email it. So, so safe to say we are both excited about next gen and realistically, you know, not the next episode, but the episode after that, we will be talking about our impressions. Yeah, fingers crossed for me at least. I'll be excited to hear yeah. your impressions at least. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see, fingers crossed. Cool. So that's it. Let us know, listeners, what is your hype for next gen? Are you jumping in day one? Are you not jumping in day one? Where are you at? Uh, let us know. We definitely want to hear that. Prediction time, Josh. What's going to happen on Monday that we don't know about that's going to make our podcast sound old that we missed something? Ready? Yep. Cyberpunk gets delayed. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I think <laughs> we are going to find out about a, another Microsoft Studio acquisition. Okay. I'm changing my mind. Okay. Uh, and seven day is coming up on Saturday. So my prediction is, oh, sh- it's supposed to be just for yeah. Monday, just for Monday. There's my brain in overdrive again. I'm sticking with Cyberpunk gets de-delayed. De- oh, Cyberpunk gets de-delayed. They decide they're just releasing it on the It's going to be like November Or whatever 30th. day that was, November. <laughs> oh, gosh. De-delayed. Awesome. All right. So with that, we are going to move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Just very briefly, remember, if you do want to be part of the show, you can hit us up you know, on Twitter at Board of Fiji. Send us an email. We'd love to cover any questions, topics you have. We've been doing a really bad job about asking for those things, um, but mm. feel free to participate. We'll try to do a better job about asking about them ahead of the time for when we record the show. So with that, on to our well-rounded life recommendations. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we just want to leave you with one recommendation, suggestion, thing we're currently into it that is helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your suggestion? Well, my suggestion is that you watch a documentary called Console Wars, and it's on CBS All Access, so I'm sorry if you don't have a subscription, but I think you can get a free month still. Um this is, of course, adapt, adapted from the book. It is produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who we talked about this in the past. We'll also be developing a sitcom-style show off of the premise. I will say, not having read the book, being genuinely familiar with this thing, um, I uh, really had no idea how negatively this paints Nintendo as a company and how like shrewd... Uh, sometimes unethical businessmen they were back in the 80s. And it really paints Sega as the cool kid that everyone wants to be, which is kind of how Sega painted themselves anyways. But like halfway through watching this documentary, I was like, I wonder who... I I bet these people are Sega fans, (laughs) because it's really coming across. (laughs) Sega can't do no wrong, and Nintendo's being butts. Um, It eventually gets into PlayStation, but it's a very fascinating lot of... Um, uh, a lot of archival footage and a lot of new interviews. So you really get a lot of insight from these people who were the vice, you know, the VPs and the presidents and the associate, like the AVPs and all these kinds of people, you know, alien versus predators. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's very fascinating stuff. Uh, if you have CBS All Access, I mean, you have no excuse but to watch it. Uh, but if not, if you don't want to subscribe to CBS All Access, you can always watch the one that the gaming documentary that Kyle didn't love on Netflix. 
That is true. All right. That is Console Wars, CBS All Access. I think I'm going to have to get a free trial just so I can watch that. Uh, my recommendation this week is actually going to be a gaming soundtrack, so I know it's kind of related to gaming, but uh, work has been kicking my butt lately. I've been working many, many hours, which is fine. I don't mind too much, but uh, when it is time for me to try to do a lot of work, I tend to avoid any music with lyrics. Just It helps me focus to not have that. So I listen to a lot of, con- uh, a lot of uh, classical music, a lot of movie soundtracks, a lot of gaming soundtracks. And one soundtrack that really has just been my bopping tune lately and really helping me kind of bust out this work I need to get done is the soundtrack for Crypt of the Necrodancer. Josh, have you ever heard this soundtrack? No, but this is the game where they put... No, I'm thinking of Cadence of Hyrule. No, I don't know what this is. Which is based off of Crypt oh, of the Necrodancer. Oh, okay. So that's what I was yep, thinking. Yep, so it is that game. Yep. So everything is done into rhythm. So it has a very... All, every single track... The very long soundtrack as a result of this game, be, the game being very musically based. Um, you have to move and strike and do everything within the rhythm of the music. And as a result, all the songs have a pretty pumping beat to them. So when you're just trying to get some work done and bust some stuff out, I can't recommend it enough. I was really impressed. I think I might own the game. I don't even know. But my goodness, the soundtrack. Whew. I am loving it. So that is Crypt of the Necrodancer. The whole soundtrack is on Spotify if you have it. Um, so go ahead and check that out. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Oh, hold on. I'm listening to it now. <laughs> That's a good beat. Good stuff. I highly recommend uh, track uh, five. Cryptique? Yep. Oh, this is like Muse. Yes. Oh, yeah. It does totally have some Muse sound um, to it. I'll add that to my... I'll have that and mix it with my Hades soundtrack that I listen to. Oh, that is also a really good soundtrack. I can't stop not playing that one song. Farewell. The only one Farewell, okay, I was like, You're going to be a little more specific. Gotcha. It's driving me crazy, Kyle. In the game, I get I got that song from her and I can't find it anywhere. She just <laughs> gave it to me and now I can't play it. I just want to play it all the time. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash boardwithfiji, so feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag all of our stuff, usually, with hashtag boardwithvg, so please use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board With Video Games feed. I will be plugging Extra Life for the last time. Extra Life will be this Saturday as you are listening, the 7th. Um, please check out my Twitter bio, Josh at Josh Bones. There's a link to my Extra Life on there. If you could donate, I would greatly appreciate it. There's still some spots for um, a, a raffle uh, for Hades. Uh, there is a $5 donation for me to uh, create a character for you in Gears Tactics or Wasteland 3 and try to keep you alive for 30 minutes. Uh, there's just regular old donations if you want to donate. I would appreciate it. I have surpassed my goal. So thank you very much to all of the donors, but um, I hesitate to raise my goal more to make because like some people donate to give you that you got to your goal and I don't want to take right. that away from them. So I'm not raising my goal, but I'm still trying to raise more money. 
um, because it's still going to Boston Children's Hospital for my area. Um, I'll be streaming all day, 24 hours, November 7th at 10 a.m. till November 8th at 10 a.m. Come visit me on my Twitch. Uh, it's Why So Serious, S-I-I-R-I-U-S on Twitch. You can also find a link on my Twitter as well, I believe, or through my Extra Life link. Uh, if you want to play a game with me, let me know. Just shoot us an email or a tweet, and I'll try to squeeze you in. Um, if not, just come hang out in the chat and say hi. So I know that you're listening. Um, and if you can't monetarily support me, just uh, support me for five minutes of your time. That would be cool as well. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all of the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at CycloCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, Never stop gaming.